0: Today's episode of Quality Control is brought to you by Squarespace, the easiest way to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store for you and your ideas. Squarespace features an elegant interface, beautiful templates, and incredible 24 seven customer support. Try Squarespace at squarespace.com and enter offer code quality at checkout to get 10% off Squarespace. Build it beautiful. My guest today is Mike McWhorter. He's here to talk about Metal Gear Solid V, The Phantom Pain. My name is Justin McElroy, and you're listening to Polygon's Quality Control.
1: Mike McCorder, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me, Justin McElroy. I appreciate can't, it. Can't
0: remember the last time you were on. It's been, mm. a, it's been a while. Might have been Bloodborne? Maybe Bloodborne. It's a slow time for, for game releases, really. You can't fault us too much for that.
1: And they um, don't really let me out of my cage to review video games very often. So it's a rare treat, is what I'm saying, for you.
0: Speaking of where one reviews video games, I'd like to start off talking about... We're going to get into the game here in just a second. I want to talk off uh, first about uh, the, the what the... Review environment for, for this game was like. Uh, there, there was some scuttlebutt about it uh, uh, on, 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 on the internet. Whenever there is any sort of like event, it seems like a, there's a, a dust up of some sort. Mm-hmm. So I was hoping you could talk about sort of the conditions under which you, you reviewed this game. I know there was some at an event
1: and some at home, but uh, walk me through it. Sure. Uh, I'm going to talk about the review event that I went to. I believe there are uh, multiple events around the globe. But the one that I went to was at Konami's L.A. studio, formerly known as Kojima Productions, Los Angeles. Uh, and basically over the course of four days, we played as much Metal Gear Solid V The Phantom Pain as we could. Uh, this ran Tuesday to Friday. Um, and most days we played from about 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, Woof. This was, Nothing better than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, a lot of people were there kind of just powering through the game, some, some of them a little later at night. Um, I, in total, I think I spent about 20, roughly 25 to 30 hours at Konami's LA studio. Uh, it was pretty similar to the environment in which I did a preview of the game, which was we were kind of uh, settled in a uh, development area of the studio, uh, pretty quiet, uh, the, kind of curtained off from the actual developers, uh, but what we did is we just basically sat in front of a, a retail PlayStation 4 with a, a retail copy of the game um, and we just played um, you know we didn't really have much interaction with the the PR people or the developers at the time uh, we really just kind of played broke for lunch broke for dinner uh, and if we had kind of questions about certain things and I did you know I asked um, some of the PR folks about certain things that I didn't quite understand or didn't weren't clear to me. Um, but, you know, all in all, they're pretty hands off. They weren't kind of, they weren't leaning over our shoulders. They weren't asking us what we thought of the game. They were kind of just letting us do our thing. And uh, that was it. And you had to replay some of that from the preview in the review, right? Yeah, I played it previously for about 12 hours at the studio and then uh, kind of had to start from scratch because it couldn't continue my save, um, which it's- was fine. It's so it's wild
0: to me. I, I, I'm I'm not in game PR. I don't I don't know the machinations of, of this stuff, but it seems wild to me that unless it's like entirely avoidable that you would want someone to play a game in this environment. How 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 did you feel about it?
1: Uh you know I like just the grind like is maddening to me. Like I I don't know, it just seems it seems insane. I can say I don't really think it's the ideal environment in which to to play a game. Um, it's good that you can focus on it. Uh, I think that that's important. I was kind of, you know, out of touch with work and email and other distractions uh, for those four days, which was which was nice. But there was that pressure to kind of just power through the game. Uh, there was a very short turnaround on the embargo, which I didn't hit. I wasn't really comfortable with kind of playing the game for six days straight uh, for 50 hours and then just kind of you know, forcing out a review. I wanted to just think about it a little bit more, spend a little more time with the game. Um, but you know, I, I don't think the environment is too bad. It was certainly a very comfortable environment. Yeah, um, rate your chair. Uh, very nice chair. Oh my okay, god, it was like it was like a Craftmatic adjustable bed. The thing was so comfy. <laughs> um, but you know, and, and they provided. How did s- that impact your score? <laughs> I think that's what everybody wants yeah, to know. I don't, it, it really didn't affect. I'm not. I'm not biased by seating. Uh, and anyway, the, you know, there were snacks. That's what
0: Reviewer's Tilt is, is yeah. actually, from the... the there,
1: there, there were snacks. They provided, um, you know, drinks and food and uh, and booze. I, you know, I didn't really partake in too much of that. Uh, I, I did sustain myself. <laughs> um that's about it.
0: In yeah. order to make the most unbiased review possible, Mike calculates the calories he needs to survive <laughs> for that time period. And that's
1: all I'll do. I, I Anything to just stay awake and have the energy to play more Metal Gear. Um, but yeah, you know, not, not the ideal environment, but I understand, you know, they don't want this game kind of being broadcast on Twitch. They don't want a bunch of things leaking from it. So I think they were precious about it. They also, one of the other reasons they had us come there was because this was the only environment in which you could test one of the game's online multiplayer modes. The The live servers weren't up. We were basically doing LAN play uh, against uh, someone else uh, in the studio. And um, and uh, so, you know, I, I understand why they do these things. Um, and, I, and I think that there's a nefarious error that people pick up around it that, that I don't really think is, is present. Um, so... So let's talk about the game itself yeah. um, I, I think the, the first question
0: that, that I would approach it with and actually we got this from a couple of people um, Brian asked, as someone who hasn't played a Metal Gear game since MGS and only watched someone play 2, will the game make a lick of sense to me? Would it make sense even if I did play the other games? Will, will it matter? I have played um, all the main Metal Gears and some of the portable ones like the and, and my comprehension of the story is still like not great Mm-hmm. Which I don't. I think I'm alone in. Like, how 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 much will that impact sort of what you bring to
1: to Metal Gear? I think you're going to be pretty seriously bewildered by what goes on during the course of the events of Phantom Pain. You know, I think as a as a standalone product, you you'll definitely get some story enjoyment out of it. But there are uh, just a, a ton of references to old games, old characters, events from Ground Zeroes. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Three, Peace Walker. You know, if you're going into this hoping to kind of just like, hey, you know, I think I'll get it. Uh, you know, I, I think you've, you're going to have some Wikipedia reading to do or some some timeline video to watch uh, beforehand. Would be nice as a
0: feature. In the, in the game, like you just press a button and you could see like what the hell everybody's talking
1: about. I think that would probably delay the game by another year or two, trying to cram all <laughs> that information into one Metal Gear. You know, I think if you go down, uh, go download Ground Zeroes, the prologue, it's going to help set you up for what happens in the Phantom Pain. And I believe that that game actually has a pretty detailed story synopsis. Uh, and, uh, but you know, I, did, I didn't see something similar in the Phantom Pain, but maybe it's in there. I'll have to, I'll have to go and check on that.
0: How different is the... uh, This is a question from Richard who says, how different is the moment-to-moment gameplay from
1: Ground Zeroes? Are the controls more refined at all, or uh, how much of a change? Uh, It's pretty... I I found it to be pretty similar from what I experienced in Ground Zeroes. You know, there are a lot more um, options at Big Boss's disposal in this. Uh, So you're going to have... Um, you know, some buddies that you work with, you're going to have a bunch of tools and weapons that uh, you didn't have access to in Ground Zeroes. But I think if you've played that game, you've got a pretty good primer for how the Phantom Pain is going to control. When you
0: play a, a, a stealth game, uh, I know that you like to take a stealthy approach. You mentioned that in, in your review. Did you find yourself uh, – d- does it feel like failure when you get caught? or uh, Are you able to sort of like transition into another strategy or did you end up restarting
1: a lot? I actually found that it was pretty, that I did, uh, when I did get caught, uh, I did find that I could get myself out of that situation, Uh, and sometimes that was, you know, I had been sneaking into a base, and I was just near the end of it, and then things just went horribly south, and I abandoned my stealthy, sneaky approach in which I was trying to, you know, not kill anyone, and I I just had to take a couple dudes out. I had to shoot some guys in the face, uh, and sometimes things got a little hairy, but with the buddies system in that game and some of the support um, helicopter options that you have, you really can kind of you know salvage a botched mission through some of the combat. Um, and th- there were a lot of times where I kind of just took it easy, cooled off, found a nice dark corner to hide in, and uh, waited for for things to die down uh, and then reapproached it. But you know I I find that that both approaches are actually pretty valid. Uh, This is the first, uh,
0: this is a sort of a departure in that it's an, an open world. Um, does it, does it feel like Kojima's team knew how to put together an open world? Does it still feel like a coherent
1: thing? I think that the, the open world design of the game is actually pretty strong. There, there are a few, um, I think there are a few problems, you know, a few growing pains for them, um, kind of moving through the world can be a bit of a chore. I find myself doing a lot of running, um, You know, they mitigate that by giving you uh, a fast travel option that I actually didn't find too particularly useful. Uh, I think that's one of the things I'm going to tell people ahead of time in kind of a here's a thing. Here's a few things you should know before you start playing the Phantom Pain, which is that, yes, there is a fast travel option in this game. You have to find these little delivery point tickets that you have to pick up. uh, And then you can just kind of be transported around the world. Teleported, really. single use? No, it's basically once you visit a base you can go to one of these ticket stations, uh, they're called delivery points, and you can grab a little ticket off the thing and it basically just gives you access to fast travel to that location anytime you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I didn't really see them until it was too late in the game. That was actually one of the questions I had to ask people at, at Konami LA was, I like, I don't understand the fast travel system. How, how does this work? So someone pointed out to me what these things were, how to, how to find them, how the system works. Um, but I didn't really find it all that useful. I, I kind of just relied on the horse. You can you can call in, uh, you can like airdrop Jeeps into your location so you can drive around the world. Um, but yeah, I think that kind of getting around the world is, is kind of the problem. And I think that the transition between missions could be a little bit more elegant because I found myself just calling in a, a helicopter to come, uh, you know, pick me up, drop me off to the next location. Um, I, and I think that the, those are the only real problems. I, I think that maybe the world is, is maybe a little less interesting in terms of its geographic design than some of the handcrafted stuff in previous Metal Gear games. Um, but as an open world game goes, I think it's actually pretty solid. I'm actually really looking forward to going back and, and turning over a few stones that I didn't uh, didn't even touch uh, in my first playthrough.
0: Did you find yourself
1: missing David Hayter? Hey, you know what? Not really. <laughs> Really? Uh, yeah, I was, I'm, I'm, I've never been a huge David Hater fan, but I'm also not a David Hader Hater hater. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but, uh, you know, you know the Kiefer's not in the game very much. Um, you don't really hear Big Boss speak in a lot of the cutscene conversations. Um, there's a lot of tapes uh, with him uh, in there that you can listen to. But, yeah, the Kiefer is, uh, or Big Boss, is uh, suspiciously quiet throughout the game.
0: Um, <clears throat> Cormac asks, arguably the most memorable boss fight in the MGS series is the sniper battle with the end from MGS 3. With the whole game this time around being open world, it seems right for Kojima to craft a kick-ass boss fight. Are there any up there with the series best in MGS 5? Uh, I th-
1: Well, I did enjoy the Phantom Pains version of that sniper fight. Um, you know, there's Sniper Wolf, there's the end. Uh, and, you know, obviously there's Quiet. I don't think there's any secret that, that Quiet is a, is a sniper in the game and that you do uh, uh, battle with her in a, in a very kind of familiar uh, scenario. Uh, but, you know, I don't think that there are, are as many memorable boss fights in this game as there were in previous Metal Gear games. There's definitely some fun stuff, um, but I feel like it kind of treads some familiar ground. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really interested to see how kind of longtime fans of the series are going to react to the boss fights in this game, which are which are a little bit different from what uh, we've come to expect from Metal Gear. Uh,
0: you mentioned uh, Quiet, which uh, she's kicked up a, a, a quite quite a stir with her uh, uh, revealing costume. Mm-hmm. I, I think you just you you could say. Yep. And uh, the this series is has always sort of. Uh, had I would describe sort of a junior, juvenile approach to sexuality uh, and that certainly seems to be carried over for, judging from your review um, how much of a distraction is it from from the core experience um, I mean how how sort of uh, how juvenile are we talking and 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 how much did it sort of like feel out of step with the rest of the game
1: you know, I think that um, one of the things that's a little different about the Phantom Pain, and in terms of how it kind of approaches sexuality, is that you don't really see too many characters kind of flirt or comment or or, or make kind of maybe sexist remarks towards Quiet. She's kind of treated uh, as an equal in a lot of ways in that game, and and people don't really comment too much on her appearance. Um, you know as i said in my review I, I think it's more that the the game's director the game's camera kind of uh is a little bit sleazy in its regard to how it treats quiet um there are a lot of cleavage shots a lot of conspicuous like upward looking at her posterior shots and it's the same with uh, uh another section of the game where you encounter four women um and it's and, and I think people have seen some of that stuff or may have seen some of that stuff in the trailers where this kind of like zoom across, you know, a, a, you know, some breasts and it's just kind of it's just too tacky. And, and uh, as I mentioned in the review, um, there is also uh, a reference to a sexual assault in the game that just seems really kind of gross and unnecessary and maybe it's just because I, you know, I personally do not find uh, Quiet's character design all that interesting or smart um, that, I, that I kind of object to these things. And it, you know, I get the sense – I didn't mention this in the review because I don't want to make too many assumptions. But I, I get the sense that you know, Quiet was designed in a certain way and the story of why she behaves the way she does, why she dresses the way she does – Felt like it was kind of they, they kind of worked backward from there, mm-hmm. um, in an attempt to justify her her character design. I, I'm not a real big fan, and and I think that um, I, I think that the the game definitely deserves some harsh criticism for the way that it presents her. Does, holistically speaking,
0: uh, at the end of Metal Gear Solid Four, like Metal Gear Solid Four had a really great ending. It was really it felt to me like Kojima attempting to close the book on this franchise uh and now here's metal gear solid 5 uh at the end of it uh broadly speaking like does it feel like a like necessary part of the narrative like does it feel like a a, a sort of essential part of of this story or does it feel uh i don't forced or tacked on (laughs)
1: Uh, you definitely f- i definitely get the sense that things are a little bit forced here we're kind of exploring i think an area of the timeline in which kojima's maybe not anticipating ever returning to you know the closure in Metal Gear 4 that's some that's some real good closure um yeah and uh i, I don't i didn't get the same sense uh, of, of closure from the phantom pain and um, i'm gonna also mention um that there are maybe a couple f- I don't know if I should say this. There are a couple fake-out endings in that game. A couple of times and I was like, is this the end of the game? And then credits roll, and I was like, that can't be the end of the game. And then, sure enough, the game did continue, and I was never really clear on when this thing was going to end, what I had to do to actually see the final ending. Right. Um, can't really discuss any of that, um, per the embargo rules. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I definitely did not get that sense of finality. It, it's an interesting story in a lot of ways, but I'm not... 100% sure it's the story that needed to be told uh, final question from Steve
0: uh, without getting into spoilers does the game set up additional sequels that Kojima may have planned before this split with Konami or does
1: the game wrap up the Metal Gear storyline in a satisfactory way I think it kind of wraps up that section of the story I mean I, I'm sure there are, I'm sure Konami has designs on all kinds of other Metal Gear games that they could make I feel like we've run out of big boss snake stories to tell. And this game, I think in some parts, kind of struggles to put things together, kind of struggles to keep uh, the whole Metal Gear saga going in some ways. Um, but there's, you know, there's some there's some fun touches in here. I think a lot of longtime fans will appreciate it, kind of seeing how it wraps up and, and where our characters wind up. Um, but yeah, I... I I don't really get the sense that that this is the kind of game that's like well now we now we need to touch on this aspect of of the snake saga right. I, I feel like we, we've kind of exhausted it in a lot of ways all right
0: mike mcquarter thank you so much for making the time to talk with us here uh this is uh this has been an enlightening discussion if mm-hmm. i may say so myself uh anything else you want to add about the game that you think people should should know
1: you no, know, I think we've uh, spent a little bit of time kind of like knocking on some of the, the, the weaker parts of the Phantom Pain. But I will say that you know, gameplay-wise, uh, as a stealth game, there are some really amazing stuff in the Phantom Pain. Uh, I'm really looking forward to kind of like going back and attempting to 100% this thing, even though I think some of the challenges are probably beyond my level of patience. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff to do in this game. I love the whole Mother Base simulation thing. I really want to unlock a bunch of stuff that I haven't seen. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to go back to it, and I'm really curious to see how other people are going to react to this. Awesome. Mike McCord, thank you so
0: much for joining us. Thanks to you for listening. Uh, If you want to read this review, it's uh, almost certainly on Polygon.com by now. Uh, And if it's not, it will be soon. And uh, we got a lot of great great stuff there. I'm sure there will be a lot of Metal Gear content in the days to come. So uh, make sure you... Look around for that. And uh, thanks so much for joining us again. uh, For Mike Record, I'm Justin McElroy. And thank you for listening to Polygon's Quality Control.